Welcome to the Nine Brawl Podcast, where we tackle daily life challenges and apply God's word to illuminate and preserve his truth while leading others to salvation through Christ Jesus. Let's join your hosts. Hey, welcome everybody. This is Jeff Anthony and Sean Campbell. And we have some special guests for you. Uh, this is Major Smith, Caleb Kilpatrick. And uh, we are wrapping up our Christian sexuality uh, session. We're going to be entering now the summer session, which will be apologetics. But you guys have been listening to us for the last four months. We thought it'd be great to invite the people we're trying to reach and uh, get your guys' uh, inputs and your views. Uh, I, I can freely say and, and boldly say that I've been encouraged and uh, I've learned a lot from uh, the class input. You know, uh, as a parent, we think we know everything and then to see it from your guys' point of view is kind of like, oh, kind of like your analogy that you gave me with the trees, right? That you were walking and they were all scattered and you turn the view and you're like, hey, everything's lined up. And sometimes we have to have those perspectives to have a, a, a really clear picture. So. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for one, being bold enough yeah, to definitely. speak up. Um, Caleb, you know, you, you stepped up a lot and answered a, a lot of questions when class was uh, pretty silent. And then uh, Major, there was that one week that you, you came. <laughs> but man, I was really struggling. I was looking for a hero. And here comes Major, like, all right, I'll step up. Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. Um, but in all, I, I really do. I do thank you for that. And I'm, I'm sure uh your uh your peers do as well because we know that sometimes it is hard uh to step out in the water and then um show people what you think and how you feel because uh, uh no one likes to be judged or uh, critiqued so uh thank you guys for being bold enough so uh, i'm gonna grab my phone really quick and we're gonna uh discuss what we actually went through it was a uh, uh, the first subject and the last subject is the, is the most important out of all of it. Uh, the way I began class and ended it is that everything starts with our identity in Christ, uh, because without that, it's all vanity. So uh, the first two sessions uh, was based on the God's love story, right? So um, either of you can answer this. If someone was to ask you, what is God's love story? How would you answer that? I think I would say um, God's love story is, is um, definitely an ongoing story, but it's definitely relationship-based. And uh, it's not about goals or you know, objectives or selfish desire, um, but it's definitely like he wants to be together with you. Um, and I think a lot of times we view that as like, oh, you know, God's love story, God's doing all this stuff for me, but, you know, at some point you have to develop that Christian identity and you've got to pick your own faith up, like Sean was saying today, and, um, and kind of develop your own faith. And, and so for God's love story to fully come to fruition, you have to be able to embrace that as well. I think it's redemption. Um, we look throughout the whole Old Testament, um, all those, all the big names uh, through Scripture, um, their trials, their failures, and uh, the redemption that comes after that, um, and God, you know, walking alongside them through redemption, um, and we see time and time again that God chases after His people, uh, and it's up to us to turn and follow Him. Um, 
where he's leading us. That's to redemption and life with him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think there's a, <clears throat> his love is always continuous. I've said it in the podcast, um, that it takes eternity for God to fully reveal the amount of love that he has for us. And, and it's crazy to think that the creator of all things who doesn't need us wants us. And out of all of creation, we're the only things that he actually created by hand and poured his breath into. And we're the only thing that rejects him or the rest of what he created by word follows him. And we're being redeemed by redeemed because of ourselves, not because of anything God did. Right. And, uh, so yeah, it, I can tell you, I don't think that I know for a fact, I don't think I know for a fact I can't love the way God loves. Mm-hmm. And would you be bold enough to say that you can love the way he loves? So you said something. I want to make sure we clarify this. I heard you say, um, you know, we need the redemption not because of anything God did. What I think you meant, what I heard, I think what you meant was that we need to be redeemed, redeemed from what we have done not because of what God did, right? right yes. That the reason for the need for redemption is because of what we did, not because of God. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. And yeah. then in turn, our redemption comes from him. Right. Uh, yes. It's not our own. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. He's the only one that can redeem us. Mm-hmm. We, we can't redeem our, our, ourselves. Yeah, so. We're the reason why we need to be redeemed. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, that's yeah. why you're my errand, bro. exactly and then uh the second week was um in continuation to god's uh love but it really came uh down to that he's the authority and that we're not and that's where um when we make ourselves the authority then we run into everything we cover from that point forward which is going to be uh when we become shameful because we recognize right through the Holy Spirit and what God put in us, uh, uh, our conscience to know right from wrong. Um, sex, whether you're committing it now or you have lust, right? Um, uh, sex before marriage and then sex in marriage, the trauma that comes from it, from what we, we've created, right? Uh, singleness and intimacy, uh, or was another subject, uh, born in masturbation. Uh, that, that was a fun one. <laughs> Same sex sex sexuality, transgender. And then we had our basic Q and a, uh, dating and friends. And then, uh, the one that we ended up with last week, which was uh, sex in the eye world, which really just blew my mind. Yeah. Um, didn't surprise me, but it did blow my mind that, uh, I think Clint said it best. He's like, uh, when he said life will find a way, sin will find a way into stuff. So I'm not sure if you listened to it, um, you guys listened to it, but uh, we found out through, actually you were talking about uh, Daily Wire. So Daily Wire, uh, well, yeah. um, Ben Shapiro, Ben Shapiro with was, Jordan Peterson. With Jordan Peterson, they were talking about, uh, Ben Shapiro brought up uh, uh, how he felt about like the Christian faith and uh, that 
you know, that they don't really follow the law. So they're, they're always constantly in sin. And uh, so like, Sean will be like, what's your evidence? Uh, he goes, well, um, through our studies, we're, we're seeing um, that uh, Christians are using the Bible app to send message to each other, but they're sending sex, sex messages and using the image that, you know, how you create images with scripture, they're taking those and putting inappropriate images on top of it and sending it through. You've seen that? Um, I haven't seen it in person, thank goodness. Uh, but I've seen uh, videos of um, some Christian content creators who are uh, talking about um, that stuff in the new age of social media and then, you know, some parents' attempts to uh, limit inappropriate things on phones and stuff. And um, like you said, sin finds a way, it crawls into everything and uh, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And so, uh, how unfortunate that even in the Bible app. Um, and what's even crazier to me about that is, you know, you, you, you make the little picture on the Bible app, you got to put the scripture on there. So people just zoom the scripture down and then just send inappropriate pictures Very to symbolic. people. And yeah, how horrible <laughs> that that's, that's, point. that's, that's as it, as if, you know, we, we print our scripture on pornographic images and then mail it to each other. You know, how crazy would that be? But, you know, kids are finding a way to um, what they think is satisfying their cravings uh, through what on the outside looking in is just horrible, horrible, disgusting sin. Yeah. Right. And uh, I think, you know, at first you said that and I was like, wow, that's crazy. I couldn't, I can't like imagine like that's so, seems like such a strange concept. But then I remembered I had a friend um, in high school, his parents were like really strict on this whole type of thing, and they had locked all this stuff on his phone. He had no browser, he really didn't have very many apps, his app store was locked, he had all this stuff. Um, but they didn't realize that uh, he would go on the Bible app, and then there were links, like a, you know, contact us type of thing, he would click on those links, and it would take him to a browser, and that was how he used the internet, he could do whatever he wanted, because... Wow when his parents looked at, you know, screen time, phone usage, things like that, mm -hmm. it said Bible. I'm like, wow, our kid's on the Bible four hours a day. This is great. And uh, and so, yeah, it was that same type of thing. And, you know, not all the stuff you do is bad, but I'm sure there was quite a lot of it that was because I just heard some stuff. And it was like, I remember sitting there and he was showing me and he was trying to say, look at this cool, like, way I'm getting around this roadblock. And I was just thinking, like, that's the Bible. I like, that feels, that's wrong. Like, that's yeah. not, that is not right. And it was such a perversion. But... It does speak to it. like sin does find a way, which I think further emphasizes the need to eliminate the heart problem as mm -hmm. opposed to outside problem and do both. But I think the heart problem will eventually defeat the, the outside problems. So you said something um, when Caleb mentioned having to shrink down the Bible verse. Um, what were you thinking? I just kind of thought that was a pretty symbolic of just like you you're using the bible to, you know and but whatever you don't need anymore like you're using that bible app pull up this picture and you're using the bible app to get the scripture which you click on the scripture and then generate the image and then as soon as you get what you want which is the porn then you shrink down the bible and kind of eliminate it and i think that translates to like our lives like there are times when you know even if you're living a good christian christian walk there are times when you maybe use use your faith and then whenever something else comes up that you know 
that you crave more in that moment um, or something that will satisfy your your flesh, you shrink down the Bible or you shrink down the Jesus and you shrink down these things that, that God's placed in your life and you put it to the side so that you can focus on the stuff of the world. So. That's good stuff, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> So what, um, <clears throat> when we did the other one that was kind of like really eye opening was the porn and masturbation, uh, session, which ties into last week's as well. Uh, because when we were discussing the numbers of like, um, the increase and, uh, the amount from just one single website, uh, yeah. how many lifetimes did we say it was? like hundreds of thousands of lifetimes worth of porn on one website in one year. That was 4,500 lifetimes of just from one, what it would account the amount of hours. That's how many lives you would have lived was 4,500 lifetimes. Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, one of the major increases that, that happened was, uh, animated pornography, uh, also known as hentai and, uh, so last week, when we were talking about virtual reality, uh, like Oculus and other uh, machinery that they, they're using, they it, it went back to hentai, it, you know, because the, the session itself didn't discuss hentai in the porn and masturbation. We brought it up through the research. So when they brought it up, it made sense. Um, in your guys' view, um, whether it be people you know or just your own your own uh, ideals, um, why do you feel? It, well, let me give you the number. It was a two hundred and twenty five percent increase uh, from uh, 20, 2020 to where we're at uh, at the end of twenty. I'm sorry, twenty twenty all the way to the end of twenty twenty two. It was a two hundred and twenty eight percent increase in just that that porn itself. Um, I have my own, we, we, we discuss a little bit of what the, the ideas are, but as far as yourselves as young men, what do you feel would probably be the reason that was such a huge increase over everything else? And the second one that followed up in, uh, search and view was bromances. Um, I think it's just the, um, increasing 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 like numbness uh that comes from explicit sexual content um and then just the abuse that comes from pornography and masturbation and um it's clear that after a while it starts to not satisfy so people search for you know more explicit more whether it be violent or um unorthodox like things uh, and so I, I guess that animated pornography fall in that category of just um, any and all human desires like no matter how crazy can be displayed out on uh, the screen and so people just aren't satisfied with um, what would you consider uh, normal, um, pornography as it has been, um, although it is no way normal, right. obviously, um, 
but just the increasing, um, like I said, numbness that comes from this, just being overexposed, overexposed to these things. Um, and you know, it's, it's a, it's a heart problem primarily. And, you know, uh, I'm sure y'all, I'm sure I wasn't there for that one, but I'm sure y'all talked about, or at least we're thinking about how it changes the brain chemistry and people where, you know, your dopamine receptors are just shot and your brain is just craving like crazier and crazier stuff. Um, until the point where you're not even looking at humans or, uh, you know, reality, it's just images on a screen, um, that are messing with your brain. And I think, um, you know, we talked today with the, the simulation theory and crazy stuff like that. And, you know, I'm sure you can imagine that not too far in the future, um, AI and robots is just gonna, you know, it's a weird thing to talk about, but we see this exponential just blast through the roof of, um, uh, you know, crazy stuff. And it's just, it goes back to self and pleasure and needing immediate satisf uh, satisfaction. And you can't get that in reality. And so you've got to go look for it in um, whatever crazy jacked up thing. Um, you can find. Yeah. And uh, sorry, I just want to bounce off that a little bit. Um, specifically with the the years you're referencing with the 2020 to 2022, um, you just see people and that you haven't maybe seen in a long time and they've been isolated, they've been in their homes. And maybe this is earlier on, you know, 2021 or maybe early 2022. And it's just like not having relationships with people can really damage your views of a lot of things. I think sexuality and your own sexuality is one of them and other people's as well and respect for that. Um, you mentioned on the list of, you know, reasons to, or ways to combat that type of uh, stuff is, you know, develop mature, uh, beneficial relationships with uh, other growing adults, other growing Christians. Um, and I think if you're just in your house constantly, um, and this can be true without, you know, without, the COVID extenuating circumstances. If you're if you're in your house and you're you're not developing active relationships with people, and you're doing your own thing, then yeah, you're gonna have to turn to things to give you that that short sense of you know um, companionship or whatever it may be. Um, and so I think that's probably definitely a contributing factor to why that is. But also like what Caleb's saying, like yeah, like there's been a rise of just like you can have whatever you want, and before it's been, you know if you can you have to seek out this stuff you know whether it's just like drugs or like you know you know chemical drugs like like porn and stuff like that you, you it's kind of been a given that once something doesn't satisfy you you have to find that other thing that does but pretty soon like Caleb was saying with this AI that is you know rapidly expanding there's going to be like you know you can generate whatever you want and it's already so good now that who knows how good it will be in the future um I think that further brings up questions of um, like morality and basic human decency, which is already so far gone in the porn industry, even more so about now you're not even having, you know, actors who may or may not have signed up for this type of thing. Maybe yeah. they're being trafficked, maybe they're not. But then you remove that question entirely and you're slapping somebody else's face on some type of thing. And it's just like this remo removes even the last shred of, of, um, you know, somebody even possibly going to sign up for this. And it's just, 
it's so wrong on so many levels also for the consumer because people are going to be able to have what they want and i do think what that thing on the list the main point for that is developing human relationships example for that is um at the camp that we're here this summer um, i camped there for nine years and we had a sister cabin that was more or less the same for nine years and we got really close with all those girls and last year which is the last year at camp we were sitting down we were talking with them and they were talking about how they felt so abused um manipulated by the world and you know we keep in constant conversation with these girls all year and i told them i said it's kind of weird that i didn't notice this till now but because we've developed such strong relationships with you i can't think of one time of us group of guys ever objectifying y'all or ever having these type of thoughts about y'all and or like voicing them you know what i'm saying and i'm sure y'all know like as guys like that happens with girls a lot and um, so I, I noticed a difference. I didn't even realize that I'd been developing natural relationships over the course of a long time with a lot of these girls that were Christian, rooted in Christ. And as a result, that, that all that stuff kind of wasn't even a factor. So I think what you're saying, you know, developing those relationships will go a long way into, into come, like, fighting off that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to throw this out there um, and see what you think. Do you feel that the social justice fight and the Me Too movement, um, that this this new popular porn um, helps them to to be like, well, I'm not doing anything bad because this actually doesn't hurt mm. somebody. This is fake, but it's you can draw up, especially with this new AI that literally you just type in what you want to see and it creates a movie or writes whatever those things are, right? Do you, do you feel that that may be a bigger push versus uh, the separation? I'm kind of leaning towards us being separated more, but I just wanted to pose that question. Um, that the idea that, well, it's not hurting somebody. I would say it's tied in for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, st I think it's definitely a factor. And obviously I still am going to lean towards the relationship side of it more, but if you are even if you are in relationships with people and you want to and you value those people then yeah i could definitely see rationalizing and saying you know this isn't hurting anybody this person isn't even real i'm helping whoever made this you know like i'm helping them financially in fact i'm not hurting anyone at all um but i think it all comes back to relationships and if you form those strong relationships and i think eventually you know like this is not right and if you're having to rationalize what you're doing then you probably shouldn't be doing it anyway if I may, I might, uh, you brought up the uh, the common um, point that a lot of uh, porn addicts and uh, people involved in that industry make is like, it doesn't hurt anybody. Why do we care if, you know, we don't care what goes on in the bedroom or in, you know, if it's you by yourself and it doesn't hurt anybody, why does anybody care? And that is the biggest lie because the porn industry traffics women um, at an astronomical number and profits off it at an even bigger number and the lie that uh people tell themselves that you know it doesn't hurt me if it if it's hurting anybody it's hurting you know just me uh and so um it is a lie and an industry that uh runs on sin is obviously going to be horrif horrifically corrupt and horrible and um 
with the expansion of you know deep fake AI and um, all that kind of stuff, just even pushes that farther. Um, you know, the insane idea that you would deep fake um, some type of some type of explicit image uh, uh, to make it look like it's somebody else is a horrible um, you know corruption of their privacy, their decency, uh, whether they know it or not. And um, even if these things are fake, it removes us so far from reality and what sexual relationships are supposed to be about that it does so much damage because it corrupts your soul and it corrupts your ideas of what sex is supposed to be and you know what marriage means and what you know a man and a woman uniting as one means and how all this is created by God, but it's been totally trashed by um, all, all of these like horrible things. And so I think with um, the hentai and the AI and all that stuff is, um, it's just as bad, if not worse, because it remo removes any shred of humanity or reality from this. And it just, I don't know, it destroys it because then you'll have men and women walking around uh, who would already objectify the other sex or whatever, um, who now may not even see them as humans, but just as pieces of flesh, or even less than that, just... Digits. Yeah, digits, <laughs> a whole. Um, and that's really scary. And that's really sad because, you know, people don't think about that um, because they don't want to think about that. Uh, so, yeah. Major, I want to come back to something you said and get your feedback, Caleb. Um, you talked about the relationship, the long-term platonic relationships, you know, even perhaps agape relationships with these young women. Um, how do you think that helped shape your ability to humanize women as opposed to objectify women? Or do you, do you think it had any value at all in shaping your worldview of how you treated people in the future? See, that's a great question because there's definitely lots of women that, you know, unfortunately I've objectified who I was still having platonic agape relationships with, you know, um, for some reason, I, I wasn't in, in that, in those, in that circumstance of, of those relationships. Um, I was trying to serve them and I only saw them for two weeks out of the year or maybe three, if we met up someplace and hung out, um, but I texted them all the time and, um, it was all about service and it was all about it wasn't such a selfish mentality. And I think sometimes in our day-to-day -day relationships, we can just view relationships as what does this person do for me or what do I get out of this relationship? But because our relationship was founded on Christ, for some reason I treated those girls differently. Not that I necessarily treated other girls in my life as um, objects or something, right. I didn't. But for some reason these camp relationships were so rooted in Christ that I was always focused on service. And I was always focused on them. And that just wasn't the case with some other girls sometimes. Was it because you didn't identify them in Christ? Or... Are you talking about the people outside of camp? Yeah, I would say a lot of times I, I didn't. You know, and maybe that's because um, I saw the things that they did and unfairly judged them. Maybe that's because I never took the time to sit down and, and have a deep conversation with them and, and really get to know them. Um, and probably a lot of that's just through my own weakness. You know, 
um, because you can't have a christ relationship with every, you know, female you come across. Um, but I definitely think that's like just focusing on service and realizing that as a Christian, all your relationships are rooted in Christ, not just the ones where you have this common ground in Christ. It shall be rooted in Christ. And, and therefore, as Christ is the center, the service should also be the center. Off of that, um, the, the point about uh, making relationships and viewing the other sex in light of uh, you know, our shared body of Christ. Um, I would go further to say, so the way I was raised, and this may be a segue into like the dating conversation and stuff, but the way I was raised, um, my parents had told me, you know, the age that I started going into high school, mid high school, um, where kids started really dating, uh, they told me, you know, if, and when you ever get a girlfriend, um, you treat her as someone else's wife. Um, because you are married to her and you need to treat her with the respect and have the boundaries that you would want somebody to treat your you know, future spouse with. And that goes even further to say, you know, treating, uh, trying to live my life, um, treating the women around me as sisters, as mothers, as the daughters they are in Christ and viewing them as, um, I think it's something that's super beneficial because uh, girls and women that I've been friends with, um, totally platonic, and, you know, uh, on, on the occasion where a passing glance would turn into something more, um, to pull myself back and to, you know, understand what, uh, you know, whatever lust I may have been, you know, dealing in, uh, was being aimed at someone's daughter or someone's sister and trying to think about people in that sense as someone who has three sisters was such a eye opener of, you know, why would I ever let my eyes linger, uh, in a way that wasn't respectful to them. And I think that, uh, is a very hard thing to do in the modern age of social media and you know the sex being monetized and thrown in front of our faces um but it's really crucial to look at people as that um as sisters as mothers as daughters uh, and more than anything our sisters in christ um to try and help pull us back from whatever pull uh we may be having uh towards lust or towards um, disrespect. I think like, you know, it's pretty interesting about that, um, that fight against lust and it being so prevalent and getting desensitized to it since it's everywhere and everything we look at and listen to, it can just be everywhere. Um, is looking at, obviously this sounds so cliche, but what the Bible has to say about it and think like first Corinthians and these very immoral societies. And like, yes, those people, you know, did have sex as part of their religion where they went to a temple to, be prostitutes and yes they glorified casual sex but um, there's a lot of ancient um, roman culture and even like greek culture to an extent that um they viewed you as which is an opposition to today's society they viewed you as less of a man if you had a lot of sex mm -hmm. it sounds kind of weird but if you were not able to control your impulses 
if you were ruled by that and if you know if you kind of thought with with what's between your legs instead what's between what's between your ears then they kind of viewed that as like a detriment whereas in today's society it's <laughs> almost harder than it than it was back then whenever Paul's writing these letters because you know if you are if you're doing all that all the time then you're viewed as a hero you're viewed as a man you're viewed as this and that and even these letters we're reading about these all oh, these wicked societies like you never do all this stuff we wouldn't go to our temples and be prostitutes and all this stuff no like even in their culture, there was a, still a view of like, if you do this too much, you're you're not really it emasculates you in a sense. So, <clears throat> not only has that switched, but now with the influence of feminism, there's no difference. Now we don't know what a woman is, but there's no difference in men and women, and so societies encourage women to be as sexually broken as men and sleeping around and lust and all those things like that's different than what was going on then how does that how does that complicate it even worse now not only are the men celebrated for being wretched now women are encouraged to be as promiscuous like what does that add to the mess from your perspective um I think it's always been, um, you know, men are the primarily lustful and uh, sexually um, sinful sex. But in the new age where um, women will sell their bodies on the internet for, you know, a few dollars a month. Likes. Likes. And yeah. But just put it out there for all to see. Um, it's self de de self degradation uh, or degra I'm mispronouncing. Well, deprecation and degradation, Defe both of them work. And so you made a nice little strategy. Yeah, you had it was a, a sandwich word. Yeah, created a new one. Deprecation. Um, yeah, and so it's that disguised as empowerment or self, whatever. Um, and it's the glorification of the self without realizing um, your own, like, humanity being lost. And so it makes it really difficult, speaking as a guy who has to find his way in this world, where I can't open up social media to go like my friend's post. Um, I can't go search up my friend's account without seeing women practically nude. And uh, in preparation for camp, I've deleted all my social media because I realized how much of a trigger it is for lust. Um, and it, it, becomes, it becomes disgusting. And um, it really hurts me to see uh, what the world preaches um, to women my age, around my age, of, you know... You get, you get yours, do what you want to do, satisfy every desire you have, sell your explicit pictures on the internet so you don't have to work, and that's all fine. Um, and then it morphs into this crazy culture of open relationships and polygamy and all this crazy stuff that takes away all the value that God has instilled in um, 
you know, his design for sex for marriage. Um, and I think it's really sad because the people who partake in this and get swept up in this current of just sex, 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 um, are losing out on a, you know, a lot of amazing stuff. Um, uh, and so it's really unfortunate. Thank you, man. You, you mentioned amazing stuff, and we hit we hit back to that sex is supposed to be amazing, but it all falls under the way he designed it, mm. right? And we talked uh, in class and in the podcast, um, just kind of going back to how this stuff hurts people. It actually hurts, yeah. whether it be animated or not, because um, those images, they're... I can only speak from experience. They will never leave my brain. They're there. They're imprinted into my brain. Uh, right? So, um, we, we'll we take what, what what we saw, and then when we get married, when we find our spouse, and be like, well, I had this expectation, and yeah, that's not what's going on. So now, you're, you're going to go down spiral, right? And so, because uh, when we when we headed this class, that was one of the the main main things we wanted to talk about. It was like we all know it's bad, but why is it bad? Why is why is pornography bad? What is it actually going to do? And we can talk about the science part of things, right? But what's the actual effect that comes from it? So, uh, but it is uh, sex is an amazing thing. It was made that way. There's a you know uh, under his design. So, um, with, with your guys' own struggles, um, it, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, your parents, um, what they told you, uh, how do you, how do you tell your peers that aren't walking with God? How do you talk to them about that? And, uh, do you feel like you don't do it as much because it just falls on deaf ears or do you just keep trying either way? Are you referring to like porn or just sex in general? Just all of it. Okay. All of it. Yeah. 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 Porn, um, them having sex outside of marriage, right? Or maybe not going all the way, but doing all the other things that come, come with those things. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, I love you guys, but I know you guys aren't perfect. So when you guys encounter things like that, pornography and all these things, uh, uh, the buzz factors, uh, you know, how do you walk yourselves through it? Yeah. Um, a college for sure is definitely a challenge of how do you address that with your peers? And one thing I think is important to do is to have that grace. And Sean said this morning, like, finding stuff you agree on, you know, um, you know, you say you can you can feel like you are on vastly different ends of the spectrum, but when you say, "Hey, I agree that women should be respected," and if you can both agree on that, then there's a place you can go from. Or I believe that sex within your marriage should be good. I believe that you should respect your future wife, um, or set up a life that's that's going to be good for her. Um, I don't know. There's there's plenty of common ground that's out there. And, and me, personally, I'm at a Christian college, um, which is fairly conservative. 
However, it does not mean that it's some church camp. Far from it. It just means everything's hidden and more complicated than at a... I mean, everybody there isn't perfect. Yeah, yeah it's, it's shocking. But uh, no. <laughs> it's just like everybody does the same stuff, but it's, it's harder to see because people want to keep it concealed. Um, but yeah, find that common ground and then trying to approach those conversations from the basis of um, maybe non-religious bias. There are plenty of websites out there um, that talk about that type of stuff or, you know, scientific studies um, that can list off, you know, various things. And if, if you can finally come to grips with this is not just a, oh, God says I can't do this one thing or God says I can't do that, but then look at some, you know, non-religious scientific studies, I think that can convince people a bit more and maybe shed some light onto what's a really prevalent issue. I mean, that's something that you said with the Mormons and the Southwest, you know, they didn't beat you over the head with the Bible. He talked about the 1%, you know, you might get, is she worth AIDS? Is she worth gonorrhea? And, you know, that spoke to you more than the Bible says is wrong. So it's interesting that you said that too, but because sometimes that is even more relevant because I might know what the Bible says and I might be ignoring it, but it's hard to ignore those awful pictures it's you know i mean but there's this balance between you know scaring somebody straight um and then reasoning them toward it too so yeah i i think in my um discussions and encounters with peers that uh you know i guess major spoke for the christian college and so this is me uh speaking from a state college experience where it's the total norm where nobody cares everybody's open about it um, everybody knows it's not anything to hide. It's something to brag about, to be proud of. And so it's, it's, it's pushing against that norm and pushing against that idea. Um, and I, you know, I try to, in discussions I've had with, uh, some of my friends who are guys, it's, it's shared experience, but I try to talk about, you know, my own struggle with lust and porn and masturbation and how it's a fight that I'm trying to fight because I see what God wants in my life and I see God's plan for these things and I know that the way I'm acting the way I have acted is not the way that I ought to and so I try to you know flush out the reasons why you know I am fighting against it and trying to display that to people who are in different situations doing different things is, you know, this is all in the same group. This is all, we're all doing the same bad things to our expectations and to our hearts and to our souls. Um, but it's difficult, especially when you're coming from a position of, you know, oh, well, you haven't gone as far. Oh, you don't, you don't know what it's like. Um, Praise God, I don't know what it's like. But, you know, I think trying to help people see what what you're doing it for, because a lot of people don't see the reason. It's like, well, if I can not have a kid, if I can make sure I don't have a kid, make sure. Right. If I can make sure I don't, if I can get tested, make sure they get tested, and we won't get STDs, then what's the point? Like, why do you care? It's not going to hurt anybody. It's consensual, whatever. That's not the point. It's you are setting your future marriage up for difficulty if you're doing that. You are setting expectations in your brain and in your heart 
that will never be fulfilled through your spouse because it's different. And you are um, taking a lot of valuable things that can be found in that future relationship with your spouse and in the way God designed it uh, by doing these things. And people in culture just wants things now. It's like, well, why do I have to wait till marriage to have sex? It's not that big a deal, whatever. I would argue it is that big a deal. Um, and I think that it's worth it. And I don't know, it hurts because uh, you asked if you feel like it falls on deaf ears. I think it does. Because um, people don't care about their future marriage. Uh, people don't care about, you know, managing their expectations for their spouse and the way that, um, you know, their sexual relationship is going to be. They don't even care about next week. Yeah. I was thinking tomorrow, maybe. Yeah. yeah. You know? It's just, give me what I want now. I want to feel good now. I want to feel good all the time. So I'm going to do whatever I can to get mine, get what I want, and just do whatever. I think, like, kind of with that, just real quick, um, you kind of mentioned, like, how people are like, oh, you don't know what it's like, you don't know what it's like, and it's like, I, I deal with that a lot of times with friends who are dealing with drug addictions or alcohol addictions or things like of that nature. And it's like, okay, number one, maybe not specifically, I don't know what that's like, but I definitely know what addiction is like. And I know what, you know, despising yourself is like because you're doing these things that you know are wrong. And I know what being trapped in something is and, you know, the things that I don't want to do, the things I end up doing. I know about all that stuff. And that's probably the one the only good thing, which is through God, that he's being able to redeem through, you know, lust and, and porn addiction and things like that, that I've had to deal with, um, or that I've dealt with, uh, and currently am like struggling with. It's like, you get perspective because God redeems you to say, you no longer can judge others for the things that they go through because you have been there. And guess what? You can now sympathize with them and you can tell them, look, if God can redeem me when I was doing all the stuff I was doing, God can redeem you. And so, like, yeah, there is that. But it's tough still when people say, you don't understand, you don't get it, etc. Secondly, um, with what you're saying, like, about um, how casual it is and just, like, if you just think about what you're going to tell that, like, whenever, like, let's say you propose to a girl or something, or you're, before you propose, and you're talking to her, and you're laying out all, y'all are both laying out all your junk, and, like, just thinking about telling her all that stuff, or worse, not telling her all that stuff, yeah. it's just like, gosh, like, that's horrible, you know? And I think that should be motivation enough to, to cut that stuff out. <clears throat> if I can give you a encouragement, it's don't stop. Don't, don't get discouraged, just like um, those members of the LDS church who consistently came by and knocked on the door. I mean, I looked forward to them coming, mostly because I wanted to argue with them, <laughs> but I also wanted to listen to what they said. Yeah. The, they allowed their passion to reach people and to truly care about them. They planted seeds that never weren't eaten up, that were dried out, you know, and God used them to, you know, where I got to where I was 40 and then finally 
that's like, all right, it's time now. Everything that you have been through and all the people I've thrown at you, the helicopter, the boat, you know, you know that story. Yeah. Right. That finally I'm like, oh, you're sending something to rescue. Yeah. Got it. I, I am kind of, I'm kind of slow in those things. So yeah. Um, but I encourage you because uh, I used to be that person. Right. And I found myself and I think it's the identity. People say you don't understand because it's my identity. It's not your identity. I am this porn addict. I am whatever the case may be. And they, in these, the devil just, I got you. I got you, right? And it's just your continuous life of doing it. Because when we, if we truly go out there to do that, we're not doing it for ourselves, right? We're doing it because God, like you say, man, God redeemed me from this. And when you were talking about uh, having these struggles and you can't judge them anymore, uh the the woman caught an adulteress just came into my mind and it was like yeah any of you without sin throw, go ahead man pick up the first stone like that's exactly and they all walked away because they they were guilty uh, i have this problem that i like to but that's the encouragement i give you don't don't ever give up and then if you find your even yourselves in that I think you guys are, are bold and in in uh in in word enough to know that God loves you and he'll always forgive you when you go to him. And that that's what the list talked about, right? So take it to God. And you guys know that and uh just by you guys setting those examples. So that's great. So we're now gonna get to the nitty gritty. <laughs> You're right. We're gonna go to the dating. Okay. Uh, uh this is what your uh, your mother's wanted me to get to. So, oh boy. <laughs> no, so um, so obviously everything that that we talked about, uh, and I brought it up in class. Do, do you guys date to marry or do you date to mature? Um, did you guys understand that concept? I know it was really brief uh, of it, just because I wanted to give Sean a, a lot of time, which spirit like did you need to shut up and let sean take over the class today so um did you guys kind of comprehend yeah i think i i, I got a good idea of what your um the two different kind of i don't know if you call it schools of thought or um uh, i took my experience in high school um i did one girl uh junior and senior year um and we broke up because we went to different colleges but my goal in that originally was not you know, oh, I think this girl could be somebody I'm going to marry. I'm a junior in high school. I'm not thinking about that. Um, I thought she was attractive. Uh, we were part of the same um, church. We were both Christians. We were on the cross-country team together. And whether it was boredom, FOMO, something, I don't know. But, I don't know, masculine urge to date somebody. Um, I started to date her. And, you know, through that relationship, um, you know, through two years, it was like, okay, am I in this to marry? Am I, am I just stumbling my way through a relationship um, with a girl, a woman? Am I just figuring out, like she's figuring out, uh, what's the goal here? And, you know, I still to this day, I don't really know um, what... I don't even know if I had an end goal, really. Um, I 
know that God taught me a lot of lessons through that. Um, I know that I matured through that. Um, I got a lot of fresh uh, perspective into um, how girls think. Uh, like 1% of the pie of how <laughs> women think and how it's completely different from how men think. But I got a better idea uh, and that helped um, me with friendships with girls that I met at uh, college this year. Um, and so I would say I, I kind of stumbled through it, but in the end, um, I was dating more to mature. Um, I think one of the crucial things was boundaries <laughs> and, um, you know, trying to lead me being a leader because I knew if I wasn't going to do it, then I, I can't trust anybody but myself to lay down the boundaries that I want. If I want my boundaries to stay, then I need to be the one who sets them and, you know, keeps them where I want to be. So working hard through two years to, uh, avoid temptation, um, stay out of situations where, uh, things would be difficult. Um, and basically just get as much space in between me and possible temptation as I could, um, was really good because I think it'll serve me well in future relationships. Um, so yeah, even though I've always heard date to marry, I, I think that it's a little bit of both. I don't think you should ever date anybody that you don't think you could marry, but I don't think you need to go into relationships saying, if I don't get down on a knee at the end of this, then it's a failure because, uh, God can teach lessons. God can mature you. Um, and a lot of good can come out of it. Uh, no, that's, dude, that's so true. Like I'm not the biggest authority cause I haven't technically dated anybody, but there's still been like relationships with girls and things that happened in definitely college this year, just going out with certain girls, maybe once or twice or three times or whatever. And, just getting to know a bunch of different people and also witnessing a lot of my close friends' experiences, whether they're girls or boys, and seeing, like, there were people at college, I had friends that were girls, and they would have some guy, and they would be really, like, interested in them, and they would both be, like, some mutual interest, you know, and then they go out and they have a great conversation, and then at the end of it, or maybe the end of the second date, end of the first week or something, the guy says something like, you're just the type of woman I could see myself marrying, and it's just, like... Uh, like it, <laughs> it doesn't exactly like go up um, and so yeah i think like part of that didn't work out because those relationships don't work out because like it's kind of weird to say that but another part of it is like yeah like you want to trust god's plan with that and like caleb said like yeah i don't think you should be dating with the intent of if this doesn't end in marriage i messed up because i think that can make you like really exclude a whole bunch of different people that maybe God wants to put in your life. But I also think um, having like a Christ-like mentality of service again, and also just like to mature and like to just treat them, that if you treat them right, then then what God wants to happen will happen in that relationship regardless. So we, we talked about boundaries a couple of weeks ago. You said boundaries. I've got two questions and I'd like both your feedback. One is, where did the boundaries come from? And two, how did you make them work? Um, I tried to draw the boundaries from uh, 
you know, discussion with my parents, because um, they've dated, obviously, uh, they've went through that whole debacle, and they know a lot better than I do about um, what's going to make things uh, more difficult. Um, uh, a lot of it came from personal morals and ideas of right and wrong. Um, basically, anything that I felt was lustful, I uh, tried to stay as far away from that as I could. Um, I would argue that anything uh, fairly sexual is a slippery slope. And so uh, trying my best to not even put one foot on the slide um, because I didn't want to end up at the bottom. And um, the first one was, how did I come up with them? The second question yeah. was, how did you make them work? How them work? Like, how did you apply them effectively? Um, discussions uh, with my girlfriend, um, being honest about what I would struggle with, um, what I thought was too far, um, what I thought was, you know, I guess what you call the tipping point, and then making sure we stayed away from that, stayed far from that. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, and this would be my advice to anybody who's a teenager or college kid who's dating and wants to do boundaries is keep yourself out of situations and places where it's even a possibility. Um, anytime we would go out, it would be in public at a restaurant. The only time we were alone one-on-one, -on -one, you'd say, is on the drive there and on the drive back. Um, you know, trying to refrain from being at each other's houses alone, ever. Um, refraining from even leaving the door open uh, because Satan's going to creep in and tempt you. And, um, you know, I have faith in my ability to avoid temptation, but I also know that I've messed up uh, more times to count. And it's not just me, it's also her. And so, um, you know, for her sake and for my sake, trying to just stay out of one-on-ones, uh, -on uh, places where I think, I, you, you know, you could think you'd get away from something um, or something could go down. Uh, <laughs> trying to walk carefully. Um, and then on the flip side of that is trying to run towards good fun um, because there is a million ways to have fun that don't involve anything sexual. And having good fun with the youth group, um, going on runs, like doing things that are healthy, fun, um, and enjoying those, trying to savor those moments and desire that instead of, you know, the temptation to, temptation to corrupt um, our relationship is, I think, uh, how I tried to go about it. One thing I've been thinking about is, uh, it's the story of David and Bathsheba. And um, there's a lot of times I just set certain boundaries um, going to college, and there's a lot of times that I will find myself in an unpredictable situation mm -hmm. that necessarily I didn't necessarily line up in my mind. There's lots of boundaries I would place and say, you know, if this happens, if this happens, I'm going to stop it right here. And the stopping point is well before, you know, maybe 
a point of entrance or you know yeah. i don't know i don't know like yeah. a gateway or something like you're yeah. stopping like well before yes um and that's all good and well and i think that's like caleb saying i think he covered all that um and then like yeah i think that's all good stuff but there's also been you know a few times at college where there's been some type of situation that like you didn't prepare for you weren't expecting you weren't even in like the frame of mind of like guarding yourself against that you're just minding your own business and then something happens um and i think that can like apply to like what i was thinking about with david and Bathsheba, where david dude staying home from war which already isn't a good thing he goes up on the roof and he's probably you know i don't know eating a snack and chilling like he's not really doing anything and then he looks over and sees Bathsheba taking a bath now, like he was not expecting that there's no way and so in that spot he needs to have some contingency plan of you know of, of just running away um and that you know he should just walk back downstairs you know and there's things in the college that i've experienced where it's been i'm minding my own business i didn't even stay home for more i'm at work you know like i'm doing something right. that i need to be doing and then all of a sudden something happens and you find yourself in this situation you're like this could go south very fast um and you weren't prepared for that and it's something very you know it's not oh i'm in the car with this girl i like and it's not oh you know we're one-on-one it's something totally different and you weren't ready for that and you haven't thought through what you're going to do in your mind and then you have to have the strength um and pray to god beforehand for the strength that when these unforeseen times come that you can run away from those and resist the devil resist that temptation um which is it's hard to set boundaries for those but even in those situations i mean god will still give you a way out you just have to stand up under it so theological point um <laughs> so yes he was staying home when most kings go off to war um but he was set up for failure even more because his top general and one of his best friends says dude they're trying to kill you you need to stay home from war so not only was he missing out, but like his closest companion said, yeah, this isn't a good idea. You should be doing this. And so that set him up for failure even more, which complicated the contingency plan, you yeah. know? And so I just bring it up that I know I have to look at all the different factors that are contributing to the mess that I'm in and then be prepared to know how to respond to that potential mess but understanding that i am where i am because of lots of different reasons yeah yeah and i think like what you're saying is really really true like god did not design us as christians as followers of him as men who are supposed to to be leaders or women who are supposed to you know help lead families and things like this to to shrink back from these things god created us to not hide from sin or to shrink back before sin, but to go out with him and overcome that. And if David hadn't been, oh, I'm hiding, you know, I'm hiding from this stuff, the sin wouldn't have found him. And so, or maybe it would, I don't know, but he, he was in the wrong state of mind. And so I think what Caleb's saying also kind of applies where it's like, not only do you need to resist the, temp the temptation to sin and run away from the sin, but you also need to be running towards something good. You need to have some type of affirmative action as opposed to something that's just like, only the negative like you gotta have something good that you're running towards like fun yeah, activities with somebody um or going out on the battle path to do something good as opposed to just running away from something bad because if you're always focused on the bad i think a lot of times you'll just mess up yeah yeah
And one real quick thing I will add with inside the dating realm and the sexual realm in general, it's really easy to feel like you're corrupted and you're too far gone and you might as well dive in. And in my experience with dating, any time where I acted in a way where I was uncomfortable with how close I was getting to the boundaries that I had set, um, I was open and honest and I said, you know, I messed up. I think I pushed too close and I need to pull back and basically, you know, start at the beginning and say, uh, you know, take everything off the table, you know, and just trying to renew innocence and in the sense of like going so far back from, you know, I'll talk about things. So like feeling like, oh no, making out that's eh, maybe getting a little too close to the line. I'm only going to kiss you on the cheek now. <laughs> and that's, it's funny. It's literally one of the things I did is like, you know what? I feel like I'm getting too close to corrupting my boundaries. I'm going to pull back and I'm going to say, you know, it's not because of, it's not because I've changed the way I feel about you. It's not because I don't like you, whatever, trying to guard from that. Right. But saying, you know, I respect you so much and I want to keep these boundaries in place for my sake, for your sake, for your future spouse's sake, for my future spouse's sake. I'm just going to pull back and say, you know, we're at level one and let's just stay there as long as possible. Um, so I think the idea of renewing your heart and mind and coming back from where you thought you were corrupted and just living in uh, where, where you think God wants you uh, and just kind of enjoying that and feeling like you can be renewed and you can come back from where you were and not uh, listening to the devil's temptation of, oh, you've gone this far, you might as well uh, jump in. Give up. And give up, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the, one of the points that we made throughout it is no matter how far you go, no matter what it is, how many boundaries you break, how many boundaries you didn't have, Mm -hmm. there's always redemption. Yes. There can be renewal. And that's the beauty of God's creation is we suck. (laughs) We deserve to be just condemned for all eternity. God doesn't condemn us. And Paul said, you know, there's no condemnation there in Jesus Christ. But as you pointed out, he says, I do the things I don't want to do. I don't do what I'm supposed to do. You know, in the end of chapter 7 in Romans, you know, a wretched man that I am, who can forgive me? I'm hopeless. And then verse 25, but I thank God through his son, Jesus Christ. And then he starts out chapter 8 the same way. There's no condemnation. And that's, I think, the message that we all can lead with is, you know, we both value women. We, we both, we can agree here, man, just there is absolute renewal in redemption and I just, I thank God for the two of you and just that you, you listened to your parents, you listened to church, you recognize your own weakness and you're willing to stand up and say that, that was bad. You feel godly guilt and you move past the shame and see God for who he is and what he wants in your life. And I just, I praise God for both of you and how you're approaching this and how you're standing up as men to lead the church 
to lead your families and lead your peers and just praise God. And that's awesome. And I'm just so glad that you both were willing to come here because, you know, not just because your mom said, but and and, and, yeah. and willingly engage. And that's the other part of it is too often men will stand back and, you know, well, I can't tell them this or they'll think this or I don't want to tell them this because I'm going to be preachy yeah. or just I don't feel like about a place because I didn't struggle with that thing. So just I I praise God and thank you that you blessed us by coming today. I really appreciate y'all and uh, the whole class that y'all have. And uh, I think it's like a big need in the church. And like, I'm sad that I can't be there more. Yeah. And But like every time I do show up, I can tell that y'all are making a big impact and y'all care a lot and that God's working through y'all in some very powerful ways. So I want to make a job on that. Well, yeah. Thank you. Seeing y'all's, sorry, seeing y'all's effort and y'all's enthusiasm and y'all's passion uh, is really a blessing and an encouragement. Um, y'all seeing a need and filling it and pouring in and pouring in and pouring in, um, I think is really awesome because there's a lot of needs out there and a lot of people don't want to step up. And so uh, I really appreciate um, the work y'all have done uh, this year and uh, I concur with Major. I'm sad that I'll be gone for two months. Um, uh, but being able to go to y'all's classes on uh, the couple weekends I was able to drive up, it's been really nice. It's been a really um, enjoyable experience. And just having conversations and having fellowship, uh, I think is so important. Um, because if we can all be aimed towards the same things, the same goals, uh, and figure out how to get there together, um, then I think we're setting our each other up for success. Um, so I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Uh, we'll continue, but if you do me a favor, if uh, you can uh, pray for them as they, yeah. they leave the show here. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for who you are. You are who you are. You will be who you will be. And we thank you that you are always faithful, especially when we're not. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that we can speak together, that we can discuss, and Lord, that we can share the wisdom and blessings that you brought in each of our lives. Lord, I thank you for these two young men. Lord, I thank you for the class. Lord, I thank you for bringing these young men and women together um, who are passionate in serving you, that they recognize that they're broken and that you are the only one that can redeem. But Lord, they're not listening to the lies that Satan will try to tell all of us, that there is no redemption. There's no recovery. There's no healing. I pray that you would bless them, that you would encourage them, you would equip them as they leave here today, as these young men and women go away to, to be counselors at camp or at work, wherever they go, Lord, be with them. I pray that they would remember that there is community here that love them, that wish the best for them, and that are willing to be honest so that we can lead each other closer to you. Lord, help us... Help us listen to your truth. I pray that we would speak your truth to each other. Lord, we thank you for forgiveness. We thank you for 
salvation. We thank you for sanctification. Lord, and we pray these things in the name of our risen Savior and your Holy Son, Jesus. Amen. 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 That was good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. What a, what a true blessing. Blessing it was for uh, them to join us and uh, give us their, their viewpoints. Definitely. Uh, I just love there was things that we didn't bring up that they brought up that we discussed. Yeah. You know, and um, definitely want to uh, praise God for their parents. And uh, not only that, their their wants to listen. You know yeah. I, mean? I wasn't that way. <laughs> it's no like, kidding. Like yeah. I just I kept thinking that and praise God that we're all broken, but. Praise God for their healing and strength and example. Yeah, I mean, they they proved the thesis that it's all connected. And if you find your identity in God and you seek what he wants, there's redemption, there's renewal. And these are the things that help you get there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think one one thing that wasn't said, I think we alluded to everything through the conversation and um, just listening to them. It's kind of what was said in class today that we don't do these things just because it's the right thing to do. We do it to glorify and honor uh, the creator and uh, the father who wants us and loves us that we do it for him. Yeah. So, um, I just wanted to, uh, before we leave, is uh, really uh, talk very briefly, uh, have you introduce um, what we're going to be doing this summer, um, and also uh, give you an opportunity uh, to give encouragement um, to uh, maybe what stood out most about Christian sexuality uh, to you and uh, just really just wrap this thing up. Okay, well, I'll start with the last thing. Um, What really stood out is (laughs) your prophet said, there is nothing new under the sun. And, you know, we've talked about our brokenness and we've recognized that there is some of it in all generations, but just the courage that these men and women had to to be honest, to interact with topics that at the beginning, you know, I really thought, you know, my journey, we didn't talk about any of that. You know, there's, you know, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil really was the thing. We didn't talk about any of it. And so I was surprised and impressed that while it might not be coffee table topics that everybody was willing to engage, that they were interested in knowing what God had to say about it, that they they wanted to know and engage to different degrees, but were all physically present, but present mentally and spiritually and throughout the whole semester. And, and so that was just, uh, you know, and then culminated with these two men here, just really proved that God's faithful 
no matter what our brokenness is. And, you know, what we didn't talk about today, um, they demonstrated shamelessness. You know, Major, he brought up how he can identify with somebody who's addicted to different things because he's been addicted. And you only get to that point if you're shameless. And, you know, Caleb said, you know, he set boundaries, wasn't able to enforce them all the time, but got rid of shame and said, yep, that happened. Yep, we're going to come back to here. And just, you know, we didn't talk about it, but they displayed what God can do in your life when you're willing to recognize your own brokenness, you confess, and that he gives you the power and the will to repent and then creates this opportunity to show redemption in the world. So, and I think that's the best segue into apologetics. Um, you know, we, we, apologists get their motivation from Peter. It says, you know, be prepared to give the reason for the hope that you have. And we talked about the hope that we have this semester. You know, we started and ended with identity. And so this summer, we're going to pivot a little bit and talk about why that's a reasonable faith and why that's it's reasonable to find our identity in God. We understand the impact that it can have when we are our own God. And so we're going to go into this discussion of, of why it's reasonable to believe that. And as we discussed in class, um, we're going to use five topics as our starting point and so just as we discussed in class i think i'm gonna start with truth because if truth doesn't exist then all this is meaningless and so we're going to start with truth and how we can know truth just like our identity if our identity is not in god then how we live sexually makes no difference if truth doesn't exist, then there are no reasons. It's meaningless. So next week, we're going to talk about truth, and we're going to answer the question, does truth exist? And the next step, and it doesn't have necessarily have to be the next week, as we discussed, that we'll, we'll go as long as we need to go on each topic. Um, but after that, we're going to go to science and we're going to talk about does science contradict the Bible? Um, does religion have any place in science? Are we science deniers? And we're going to talk about the reasons why people think we are. <laughs> we're going to discuss ways and reasons and evidence why we're not denying science. I said, you know, God created the world. And he is consistent with all of it. Scripture isn't a science textbook. Scripture is specific revelation. But God wrote the rules for the universe. And so he, science is consistent with Scripture, is consistent 
with God. And then from there, uh, that's the most uh, heady topic that we're going to have. There's, there's a lot of necessarily a lot of data and a lot of information. And the feedback I've gotten from the other times I've taught this is that it's, it's really deep. So I just want to make sure everybody knows that, that don't give up. Um, if we go too into too many details, we can, we can come back up. But I want to encourage everybody from the beginning that I know that's going to be the most information, detail-rich um, session. So really want feedback from people and if it if it's if it's too deep let me know we'll pull back um if it's just too much stuff um we'll adjust fire um, but after that we're going to talk about real issues that people struggle with we're going to talk about if the bible is true if we can trust the bible is it you know people will say it's it's full of myths and contradictions said that christianity is a copycat religion is Jesus the only way? Do all religions lead us to truth? Those, all those things are tied up in that and the reliability of Scripture. Um, then we're going to move to the problem of evil. You know, how can a good God allow evil, pain, and suffering? Or does he just not care? Or is he not powerful enough to stop it? Um, after that, we're going to talk about gender and sexuality again but we're going to take a different route because we're going to talk about the reasons to trust the bible we're going to talk about um, how biology and genetics connects with the bible but we're going to only get there once we know that the bible is consistent with science and so we can trust the science to affirm what god says in the bible um, and then the last topic is going to be abortion. And, you know, as I mentioned in the other times I've taught it, um, we're going to talk about the reasons, but the reasons don't matter. The world doesn't care about the reasons. And so the church has to approach abortion from a completely different standpoint. We don't need to deny truth. We don't need it. We won't forsake scripture, but we have to do things differently. And so we're going to talk about those five topics. As I said in class, if we're not going to be dead horse, um, if if we've gone on too long, I will pay attention to the signs. But if you know, if the men and women in class say oh, we've had enough, I, I want to know. Um, it's you can talk about me behind my back, but it doesn't help you at all. So um, come let us know so that we can adjust fire and move on. And so just. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to come up with all the answers. We're going to know some of the reasons. We're going to learn some of the answers, but we're going to learn how to use these things. That Christianity is a reasonable position, that our faith is reasonable, that we don't have to have blind faith. We don't have faith because of the reasons, but the reasons make our faith reasonable. So that's going to be our focus for the summer and we'll just try to follow the the spirit as he leads us through these topics and into the fall and just see what god does well i'm certainly excited uh the class seemed really excited to get into yeah. it too um 
I feel, uh, I know Stacy, I, I think what Stacy said at the end of the class, I felt the exact same way. Um, I think this, this group is going to bless us a lot Definitely. in the way we think and analyze. Uh, I, for myself, I'm only speaking for myself. Uh, I think I, uh, I'm going to be, wow, I need to, that was, I need to look into that. You know, and, and that's yeah. what it should be. Right? Yeah, it should be that. So, um, yeah, definitely. So, um, I just want to <clears throat> end uh, to today's show by just saying thank you, like thank you uh, for uh, the support you gave me going through uh, Christian sexuality. It certainly wasn't uh, an easy course, especially for the first class that I've actually led <laughs> if i even want to call it that wow uh you know uh and i want to say thank you to my brothers and sisters of faith for encouraging me by their participation and uh i am so blessed to have these relationships with them because uh, it must have been really weird for these two old dudes to show up on day one and be like um let me tell you why um, I suck. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, um, but yeah, I just, uh, I'm, I'm so grateful without trying to get emotional about it. I'm just super grateful for, uh, for you guys. And I praise the Lord every single day that, uh, that you guys are in my lives. So now uh, with that being said, uh, I will actually close this out in prayer. All right. And, uh, go from there. Heavenly Father, there's never enough words we can ever speak uh, that can show you the amount of gratitude that we have that you love us and you loved us first and you seek us. Even when we're trying to walk away from you, you're there with us. Thank you for deter uh, deter uh, defining the relationship. Yes. Thank you so much. Lord, uh, I just pray. Just pray that we are able to um, remove ourselves from the sense of pride that we can do things on our own. That we don't need each other. That uh, we're strong enough on our own. Lord, I need you. Yes. I need you every single day. And I need my brothers and sisters. As much as they need me, they need you. <laughs> More than they need me. Lord, let your spirit come and pour upon us. Let us to be light for this world. Yes. Give us the encouragement that we need to defeat the devil and to defeat all these things of the world because we're not a we're not of this world lord help us to start living into eternity with you and stop trying to live a life of that that's so small and so finite lord we thank you for jesus jesus thank you so much for leaving glory to come down and live a life the way we were supposed to live it and because of that, you 
really went to the cross and you bared every sin upon that cross for us. You paid the debt that was due, a debt that we could never repay ourselves. Thank you so much for um, taking the keys to the grave and giving us life through you. You are the way, you are the truth, you are the life, and we thank you. Lord, we love you. And we pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus, through your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.